0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio
1: Network. There is a new show starting tonight on PBS called In Principle. Uh, it is it is hosted. Try this out for a side. It's hosted by uh, Amy Holmes, who was with us she was i think like employee number two or three of the blaze uh she was our uh, news anchor for years uh a conservative and michael gershon who, who was a, a speech writer uh for george w bush a senior advisor for bush also a conservative Gr- uh, grace i think her last name is uh uh Coulter, She uh, is the senior producer or the series producer. And I think she was hired by PBS from Sinclair. So I don't know how any of this happened, but it's on uh, PBS of all places, a conservative uh, talk show. And I'm going to be a guest on it tonight. Um, Welcome to Amy and Michael. How are you?
2: Good morning. Doing great. Glad to be with you.
1: So um, um, first of all, uh, do you guys have any comment on how this, I mean, is it the rapture in 10 days that brought this show to PBS? or <laughs>
3: No, they they came to us, WTA, here in Washington. Um, I think they've been wanting to do a program like this for a while. Uh, you know, a program, it's not an ideological program. We right. deal with things broadly, but the topics are of interest to people in the center and center-right, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, the the goal is to have sort of a, civil discussion about not the issues of the day but really sort of the ideas beneath the news what's going on in the realm of ideas and yeah you know they came to us so we were honored to to do it
1: Uh, michael let me ask you because you were in the white house um with bush from 2001 to 2006 um i'm i'm really disturbed by uh what things look like we're doing or preparing to do over in syria i'm, I'm not really sure but things are, are really quite tense what was it like when you were in the white house on days like this or weeks like this
3: well we had too many of them you know with 9 11 and uh, afghanistan and iraq um surge in iraq these were uh you know extraordinary days i my fear is that the process in the White House seems to be chaotic. Um, I trust some of the actors like uh, uh, Secretary Mattis at the Defense Department, who is really a a thoughtful and responsible guy. Um, But when you have the president announcing policies in tweets and then withdrawing them in tweets, um, you know, you're You've crossed some line. I, I, I've, I'm fearful about the process and the way they make decisions, which seems to be chaotic. And process can really matter when it
1: comes to life and death decisions. Um, <clears throat> are we preparing for war, do you guys think? Amy, do you think? Are we preparing for war?
2: I don't know if we're preparing for war, and I don't think that's I'm not sure that...
1: not there. It. No, she, she's there. So we can hear her. Ma- Michael, you probably can't. Oh, oh, Go ahead, Amy. Okay.
2: Yeah I don't I don't think that we're necessarily preparing for war and the president I don't think has signaled that um, I don't think the american people want more engagement in the middle no. east I think there's actually fatigue about engagement in the middle east and of course the president campaigned on so what did we get out of all of this? <laughs> it doesn't seem particularly clear. And then after eight years of the Obama administration and the Middle East becoming even more chaotic, I think the American people uh, are certainly not prepared for that. Uh, I don't know about the process in terms of decision making. Yeah. Uh, we saw that there was the bombing after the uh, chemical attack you know, um, some months ago by the president. Uh, but I don't think that he's geared up for some sort of full-scale military conflict. I,
1: ho- I, ho- I hope so. I hope you're right. Um, Cory Booker yesterday went after Pompeo's uh, Christianity. Does that have a Does that have a place in in a uh, hearing for the the head of the State Department?
3: Well,
2: that's the first I'm hearing of it. Glenn, can no, you give us a few not. more details? Um,
3: yeah. I mean, in fact, we have no religious tests for office in the United States. Um, that's, that's part of the Constitution. This has you know, raised its head also in judicial nominations, um, particularly with Catholics, um, where their you know, faith is questioned, are they going to be uh, you know, unbiased, um, as though religious people can't make judgments about law um, and, and fact. Um, So I I think that that this is one of the problems, is a kind of secularism that says religious motivations and views are somehow off-limits, as though other people don't have their own philosophical approaches and views. it's kind of privileging a secular perspective instead of saying we all are informed by our ba- most basic beliefs and, and should be. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, I think that's a serious problem when you create a suspect class based on religious belief.
0: I'm really excited to uh, have a, a new show with conservative perspective that everybody's going to be able to see. I think it's a really exciting thing. Um, Amy though, I- Answer me this question: Should I be excited? Because the first guest is Glenn Beck. Uh, will does he say anything in this interview that will end our careers? <laughs> no, you should not be
2: excited at all about Glenn Beck being on TV. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, and um, you know we were we we were discussing this after our interview with Mr. Beck uh, that. We're there for open conversation, and viewers, listeners, when they watch tonight, they're going to get that. They're going to get thoughtful, reflective, candid, and, you know, uh, self-critical discussion. And, Glenn, you were asked very directly by my co-host, Michael, about some of the motivations that are built into the structure of media, like getting ratings, getting more clicks, getting more likes, getting more upvotes. And how does that influence possibly content for hosts and guests and so yeah. forth? And Glenn, you were pretty candid about that. You're just like, yeah. Well, I, I, w- I It matters.
1: I will tell you this that I, I've done, a, obviously, a lot of interviews, and uh, I was uh, really impressed the way you two work together and, and how you let uh, me answer. And it wasn't a. It wasn't a jump on every word that I say. It was you, you know, had some tough questions, obviously, but it was a chance to actually speak um, without being interrupted and uh, and without argument, just honest questions, which I don't see very often.
2: Well, that's the goal of our show. That's the goal of you know when the show was conceived. It's just like. There's a lot of the sort of World Wrestling Federation of Politics on cable news, and you see people in their corners, and the bell rings, and then they go to battle. And we felt like there's a real hunger and a real need. To have a more expansive, thoughtful, and illuminating conversation about the politi- politics, policies, and issues that really matter, and so that's what we're that's what we're
1: aiming for. Well, guys, thank you so much. We will be watching tonight, eight thirty Eastern time. It happens on Fridays following Washington Week. Fridays on PBS. It's called In Principle, and uh, we wish you all the luck. And we'll see you tonight on your first episode. <laughs>
0: First episode airs tonight, uh, eight thirty PM Eastern, seven thirty Central at PBS. Uh, you can go to pbs.org inprinciples slash In the name of the show. Uh, the hashtag is In Principle on PBS. Have we
1: slipped through another wormhole yet?
0: I, I mean, it's again, it's PBS doing a conservative show. I <laughs> I don't know. That's good though. I mean, it's nice to have a. I think I'm really interested to watch the show because of the the the, the format that allows I think a more you know, a, a, a conversation that doesn't lend itself completely to soundbite answers with everyone cutting each other off. I mean, I think we're at a point now with conservatism where it's important to 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 just to have the voices from across that spectrum to be able to talk and and uh, and, and actually let ideas come out i mean you will look at it on on social media and you have this situation where you make a comment and then you have 500 people yelling at you and it just it just devolves yeah. it was so quickly it was really it was really quite
1: interesting and very self-reflective i i mean i don't know i think i interviewed with him for about an hour or so and <laughs> i think the interview is going to end up being about 12 minutes so i don't know what Which is they're still gonna, pretty long Yeah, it's still <laughs> very long <laughs> yeah. um for for television that's an eternity mm-hmm. Um, but I'm an- anxious to see what they um, what they use. But it was not a it was a real good open discussion where we
0: we probed all of the media. I think that's what people like, generally speaking, uh, when talk radio is at its best. Right? Yeah. There are times where it sucks, <laughs> of mm-hmm. course, but that when talk radio is at its best, you've got 15 hours a week to dissect important issues and hopefully be entertained and everything along the way. But I mean, th- the goal being to be able to discuss those issues with with a little bit of uh, context, with a little bit of space, a little bit of a breathing room. Um, You know, I think we've gone, we get further and further away from that in the sort of clickbaity social media sort of world. But I I think that's the strength of of what talk radio has brought to the table for decades. And, you know, hopefully if they can get to a point, um, and it seems like this is what they're going for, we can have actual conversations that aren't cut off every 10 seconds it was be nice
1: it, it, the, the name of the show says it all it's in principle uh and and that's what we have to talk about we have to talk about the bigger yeah. principles this this comey stuff today oh my which gosh. Is just is just promoting his book yeah that's all this
0: is doing is promoting a book and like you know fox news we we have criticism of fox news over the years there's things that we don't like that they that they do but the, the the sort of media criticism of of Fox is that they're not taking the news seriously because all they want to do is defend Trump. Mm-hmm. And you'll see they'll show, you know, journalists all the time I see in my feed tweet things like look at this what's going on and you'll you'll see you know, Russia one. scandal, Russia scandal. And then, like, Tucker Carlson's talking about panda bears or something. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Did you see this one? Yeah. And there's been a bunch of these that have come around at this, all at the same time. Like, here's these other networks, MSNBC and, and CNN taking things seriously while Fox is over there doing what they do, trying to ignore the big news. I got to tell you, I watched. I was in my office. Stop. Where, stop.
1: Fox News, Trump weighs Syria options with allies. Yeah. CNN, Trump allies fear feds have Cohen conversation dates. Yeah, and I'll tell you. Which one is the real news here?
0: Exactly. And you can talk about motivation all you want. You could say that, you know, maybe they're talking about this because they think the Comey book is bad for Trump. We can mm-hmm. make that accusation. But I watched two. I was in my office working out yesterday afternoon for two hours, and I was I just had to keep glancing up at the television to see what was happening was right as the Comey stuff is coming out. And it's true. The the Fox News spent a little bit, not much, time on the stuff that was breaking from the Comey book. But you know what they were talking about? Issues of substance. They were talking about Syria. They were talking about Russia. They were talking about important issues that were going on right now. You know what they were doing on CNN? They were talking about PP tapes. Glenn Beck.
3: The Blaze Radio Network.